Good morning, Poplar Springs. It's good to see all of you together today. Uh, we have several announcements. The first is that today at the end of the worship service, we will have a short called business meeting. There is no deacons meeting today. That's been canceled due to the possibility of severe weather this afternoon. So no deacons meeting today. Next week is Easter Sunday, and so this is the schedule, and we'll have this in the newsletter as well, and we will remind you by text and phone call, but our sunrise service will be a little later. It'll be at 7.30, followed by Sunday school at 8.30, and worship at 9.30, and we usually have a great big breakfast, but we won't this year, and I know that disappoints a lot of us, but you're welcome to bring a donut and eat it in your Sunday school class if they feel comfortable doing that, but we don't want to unmask and have a large breakfast gathering but we will remind you of that schedule. We are also in need of some nursery workers for worship next Sunday. So if you are on our list and you wouldn't mind serving in that way, if you'll let me know. This week, the Holy Week service is at 6 o'clock in the sanctuary. 6 o'clock. I think we've been saying different times, um, but it is 6 o'clock in the sanctuary this Wednesday. And then a note about youth and a note about kids. We are planning for a wonderful summer. Um, so there are Camp Horizon forms printed out for you if you're church members out here in the hallway. Um, those will go out to the schools in a week or two. So if this is your chance to go ahead and sign up because we will have a cap this year. I think we've already got 17 or 18 signed up. So grab a form. Uh, let me know. And Caswell money, if you are youth attending Caswell, is due next Sunday. We've got an email about that. So just be reminded. Those are all of our announcements today. As we watch and listen to our handbells play, um, take this time. We encourage you to still your hearts and your minds as we prepare for our Palm Sunday worship service.
coming on the clouds, kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break as broken hearts declare his praise. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain. For the sin of the world, his blood breaks the chains. And every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. way before the King of Kings. Our God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee bow before the lion and the lamb.
How beautiful that was. I am Sid Bryson. I'm the deacon of the week. And if you have any concerns or prayers that you need to pass along to us, my phone number is in the directory. We have a great directory. We need to use that directory. So you can look my phone number up in that directory. And it's a great, great source. And we appreciate the, our church for doing that. Prayer requests this morning. Eli Wesson, he's going to be having knee surgery. Uh, Kay Lovis has health issues. Julia Newton is healing from a knee surgery. Nadine Johnson has been moved to White Oak. Uh, it, that's what I have. Has anybody else got prayer, prayer concerns this morning? If not, we let, pray with me. Our gracious Heavenly Father, hear our prayer request this morning. Help us to be patient as you answer each one. Merciful God, as we enter Holy Week, turn our hearts again to Jerusalem and to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Stir up within us the gift of faith that we not only praise him with our lips, but may we follow him in the way of the cross. Thanks for loving us. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see you all today. I have a passage of scripture I want to share with you today. It comes from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived in Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took an about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And, on, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why was this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money back, he used to help himself to the money that was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was, my, it, was, it was intended that she save this for the day of my burial. You'll always have the poor among you, but you'll not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only to see Jesus, but to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, there's a lot of stuff going on below the surface in this passage of Scripture. I pray, Father, that we'll look for the noble and the good and sincere in here and that we will see what it is that you would have us to do and how you would have us to respond to you. Father, I pray that you'll bless us as we study your Scripture today, that you'll speak to us, help us to hear a word from you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Have you ever been to an uncomfortable party? 
And let me explain that a little bit. An uncomfortable party or family or get together or maybe even a church function. Have you ever been to one that's kind of uncomfortable where there's just too many relational dynamics going on? This person's mad at this person. This person's feelings are hurt. This person maybe has a plan, a plot against someone else. It happens sometimes in family events, even in church events. There's an undercurrent of dissatisfaction, discord, and dislike, and throwing elements of sneakiness and deceit and hypocrisy. Throw those in there as well, and you have quite a party. You have quite a party. You find yourself at a very uncomfortable get-together. It's uncomfortable, and it's hard to deal with. If You've been to those before. Sometimes you go into an event, and you're not paranoid, but you just know something's up. You know something's up. Just by the, the feel of the place, you know something's up. This pretty much sums up the let's honor Jesus, let's celebrate Lazarus being alive again, pre-Passover, fellowship, and reclining covered dish meal at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' place in Bethany. It was a big day. It was a, it was a pre-party, pre-parade party of such, of sorts, where they all gathered together, and there was a lot going on. Let me say, on the surface, a good time was had by all. On the surface, a good time was had by all. I've always loved that phrase, a good time was had by all. You've heard it many times. I remember from my days in Keene, North Carolina, Bob Carroll, who was a dear friend and fellow church member, official historian for Stokes County, an interesting person, 100 years old or more, writer for the Danbury Reporter. The Danbury Reporter, an old newspaper, one of the oldest in North Carolina. Bob had a weekly column of who was visiting who. The social column, what was happening in King and what was happening in Danbury, the county seat of Stokes County. What was happening? One time Bob put in his column this. Glenn and Colleen Oliver visited with their son and daughter-in-law, Reverend Andy and Kim Oliver. And son's been Aaron and Ethan. And you can say it with me. And a good time was had by all. And a good time was had by all. It was there on, in the paper. Had Bob written for the Bethany Gazette in Jesus' day, he would have said this. The Bethany Gazette, here's what it would have said. A pre-parade party was held for up-and-coming star Jesus of Nazareth in Bethany this week. The party was hosted by Mary and Martha and previously dead Lazarus Jones. My friend Ken Jones told me this. The reason people didn't have last names in the Bible, they were all Joneses. So I, I put that in there for him. That was his unbiased opinion. And here it comes. A good time was had by all, you think. Really? Really was a good time had by all? Was a good time had by all? So if you read the scripture, there's more to the story. There's a lot to this story. A lot of underlying currents there. Interesting things that are going on. We'll look at those a little bit. First, we have Martha. From other gospel accounts, we come to understand that she probably had some issues with Mary. You know, everybody didn't always get along, but Martha was very practical, very practical. One time, the late Dewey Hobbs took me aside, and I was, I was over-examining things. I was worried about stuff, and he, he, he used the quote. He said, Martha, Martha, you're worried about everything. I think he called me Martha. But she was practical, and she worried about stuff, and she was concerned about things. She probably had some issues with Mary. Scripture makes a point of saying this. Martha, the practical ones, was Martha served. Martha served. She was probably, probably wondering, why isn't Mary helping me? Why isn't she helping me? She's got time to clean Jesus' feet with Chanel number five. She has time to help me in, she has time to help me in the kitchen, and she can do that. And look at Lazarus over there, hanging out with a superstar, Jesus. If it wasn't this male-dominated society, I'd say something. I'd say something about that. Am I the only one doing anything, Martha probably thought? Am I the only one doing anything to help in this situation? She was probably beside herself when Mary took the expensive perfume, the oil of nard, and she poured it on Jesus' feet. And then of all things, she wiped it with her hair. How dare her? 
And then she probably said, the house smells like Bath and Body Works now. What are we going to do about that? And then there was Jesus at the pre- Judas at the pre-parade party. Now, I was hoping the, the Bryson kids would be here today because they'd lead their charge on this, but I'm going to give you a chance to be dramatic here. When I say Judas, you go boo and hiss. Okay. And there was Judas at the pre-parade party. I didn't hear this. Okay, that's good. It would have been better if the Bryson kids had been here. He expresses a self-righteous, sneaky opinion. A self-righteous, sneaky opinion. He sounds good. He says, so why wasn't this expensive cologne sold and the money given to the poor? Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds noble. Why wasn't it sold and given to the poor? And he probably made sure everybody heard that. Attention, everyone. I'm Judas. I want to tell you, we need to give this money to the poor. Mary doesn't need me to be doing that. And all the while, he was pilfering money from the money pot. He was a treasurer, and he was taking money from that. Judas Iscariot. Okay, y'all are impressive this morning. And then Jesus weighs in. Jesus weighs in, and probably a silence fell over the crowd as he told the betrayer, leave her alone, leave her alone, leave Mary alone. And if this were not enough, the party has then crashed. It's crashed. A large crowd of Jews showed up. They wanted to see, Jack, they wanted to see the previously dead Lazarus. They wanted to see this man who had died and come back to life because of Jesus. And they wanted to see Jesus too, but they wanted to see his miracle. They were believing this guy, Jesus, was all he was supposed to be. They were believing in him. They were believing who he he was and what he was doing. He was maybe a a miracle worker, a healer, a teacher, and probably the guy who could beat up on the Romans. This is the guy who can do something about those pesky Romans, not just pesky, those terrible Romans who are doing something with us, who are tearing us up. He's got potential. He's the leader that can lead us out of their bondage. He's the man. We need to be thinking about that. Now the cherry on top of the pre-parade party, the chief priests and the Pharisees. The Sadducees and the Pharisees were not invited to the party, or they were nearby. They were not invited because they were notorious party poopers. The Pharisees were afraid they might have a good time and might break some rules. They were afraid they might have a good time. And the Sadducees were afraid of the Romans. What if they did something that, that incited the Romans to... to to ruin the good thing they had with them. What would happen then? They stayed, they stayed back and made plans. They made plans. They were going to kill Jesus. And they were going to do away with Lazarus as well. They made the plan. Get rid of Exhibit A, as Lazarus might be called. Jesus can bring a person back to life, and we don't need to have that out there. We need to do away with Lazarus. And a good time was had by all. And a good time was had by all. Well, a noble, sincere, genuine time was had by some. A genuine, a noble, sincere time was had by some. First, there's Lazarus. Let's look at Lazarus for a minute. He reclined and he ate with Jesus. What's so big about eating? I love eating. He appreciated what Jesus had done for him. He spent time with Jesus, telling him thank you, sharing his innermost thoughts with Jesus, telling him his hopes and his dreams. He spent time with Jesus, reclined as he ate with him. Then there's Mary. She worshipped the Savior. She worshipped Him. She gave sacrificially as an act of worship. She adored Jesus. She adored Him. That's something that we kind of misunderstand sometimes. Adoring is not looking googly-eyed at somebody. It's just sitting there thinking about how wonderful they are. She adored Jesus. And He was everything to her. He was the center of her world. So much so that she sacrificed the expensive cologne on Him. And finally there's Jesus. We don't need to look out. We need to make sure we see Jesus in this picture. 
the highly focused Savior of the world. He was focused. He knew what was going on. He knew it. He knew what was in the hearts and minds of those there. He knew the pre-prayed party was a farce. He knew he was heading toward his impending death. He knew it was in his future. How could Jesus handle that? How would you handle it knowing that you were going to die in a week? A terrible death on a cross. How would you feel about that? Could you really enjoy the good times with your friends knowing that was going to happen? He was burdened. He was burdened. He knew Mary's act of worship was funeral preparation. That was funeral preparation, preparing him for the grave. He knew Judas would betray him. He knew that. He knew what was going to happen. He knew Peter would deny him, that Peter would say he didn't know him. And all his friends except the women would, would, would run away when, the, when hard times came. They'd run away from him. And that crowd of Jews that wanted to see him, wanted to see him would cheer him on that day uh, and now on at the parade as well. And some of them would later be yelling, crucify him later at the week. They would turn on him. It was a strange day, a different kind of party. I don't know if a good time was had by Jesus, but I do know this, he was focused. He was focused. We can learn something from Lazarus. We can learn something from Lazarus, Mary, and obviously Jesus. We can learn some things from them. And that's what the intent of this passage is about. This is what our sermon's about today. We can learn something from Lazarus, Mary, and obviously Jesus. From Lazarus. Have you spent time with Jesus? Have you spent time with him? Do you spend time with him? To eat with someone or group was a show then and today of fellowship. To eat with somebody. You get your closest friends. You know, one of the things that happens at church sometimes, or quite often, Andy, let's go grab a bite to eat. Okay, you buying? But let's go eat. I was talking to somebody today about meatloaf day at the quick, quick snack. It's great. And it's the, the fellowship's even better than that. And I miss the fellowship that we have together as we eat together here at this church. Had a discussion with someone today about when are we going to start back? We need to start eating together. We need to start getting back together again. Drinking coffee together. There's something special about that. It's intimate. It's close. It's us getting together. There's something about that. There's goodwill. There's friendship. And in this case, in this case, appreciation. Can you hear, imagine what Lazarus said? Jesus, thank you for bringing me back to life. How would you say something like that to somebody? Thank you for giving me... Thank you. How would you say it? He brought him back to life. He gave him life. And Jesus had time for him. Jesus had time for him. With all the relational dynamics going on, all the things going on at the party, he made time to recline and eat with Lazarus. He made the time to do that. That's something about Jesus. Because when I get a lot on my mind, I'm hard to get along with. I need my time to be alone to think about what I've got to do. But Jesus, knowing that was in his future, had the time to sit down with Lazarus and eat with him. He made the time to recline and eat and talk with him. That says a lot about Jesus. It says a whole lot about us. Do we have time to spend time with the Savior? Who has time for us? Plain and simple, Jesus had time for Lazarus. He had time for Lazarus. He has time for you. You feel like that? You know Jesus has time for you? He makes time for you. Do you have time for him? to talk with him, to share your appreciation, just to say thank you. How often do you say thank you, God? Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. We get caught up in life. We get caught up in everything. And it gets crazy out there. It's a crazy life. We get busy and we forget to say thank you. Thank you. Let him know you love him. Let him know you love him. Jesus, I love you. I love you. And let him know you need him. 
I need you. God, I need you. Lazarus had time for Jesus, and Jesus had time for him. Mary chose worship. Worship. Martha didn't understand. Sometimes the practical don't understand worship. Because for many, it can seem like a waste of time. We sit here, we hear a sermon, we sing, and we go home. But worship is a time when we commune with God, when we, when we give ourselves to Him, when we offer ourselves to Him. Giving is an act of worship. When you give, that's an act of worship. Giving and living, spending time with God in worship. Mary made Jesus a priority. What are your priorities? What are yours? We've got a lot of them, plenty of them. When we make worship a priority, people will not always get it. When we make worship a priority, people will not always understand it. I used to, when I was a young person, younger person, I remember one of the priorities for our family was going to church. Sometimes folks didn't understand, what are you going to church for on Sunday night or Sunday morning? There's better things to do. We go to church. It's a priority. We worship. There are folks who wonder about the things you could do. You could do a lot of things on Sunday morning and Sunday night. You could do a lot of things. But you make a priority. Thank you for making it a priority to come and worship. But worship doesn't just happen here. Make it a priority during the week in your car. Let's worship God. Take time to ponder Him and His goodness and His mercy. Worship during the week. Don't just make it on Sunday. Make it a part of your life. When we make worship a priority, people will not always get it. And I always understand it. Like Mary, Mary, I was getting ready to say that Gaffney style, Murray. Like Mary, worship Jesus. Worship Jesus. Adore Jesus. Make him the center of your life and attention. Your worship. Make it everything. And finally, we learn about Jesus. We learn about Jesus. And that's where every sermon should end is Jesus. He knows all about people. He knows all about you and me. And yet he still went to the cross. He knew all about those people who were at the party. He knew their motives. He knew their intent. And he still went to the cross. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but had I known what people were thinking, had I known what people were thinking on that day, I don't know if I'd have gone to the cross or not. Those sorry people, some of the things they've done, he knew about them. He knows all about you and me. Now that's scary when I think about it. God knows about me and he knows my motives. He knows my innermost thoughts. I don't want those broadcast to anybody. But he knows them. He knows them. He knows our motives, our intentions, our innermost thoughts. And he still gave his life for us. He gave his life for you and for me. He did that. He loves you and he sacrificed his earthly life for you and for me. He did that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have life forever. He loves you that much. He gave his life for you. The question is today, will you give your life to him? Is that one of the things you'd like to do? To give your life to him, to say, God, I want you to have me, all of me, every bit of me. You know me inside out, and that's a scary thing, but you forgive me. I've done some terrible things, but you forgive me, and you love me, and you'll make me a different person. You'll change my life, and you'll use me to change other people's lives. You can do that if you give your life to him and acknowledge the fact that he died for you. Jesus Christ died for you. I can't fully grasp that, but he died for you to take the punishment for your sin. In doing that, he secured for you eternal life. Not only eternal life, because that's the future, but he gave you strength to live every day. And he gives you forgiveness of your sins. You're no longer a burdened people. You're forgiven. That's something to smile about. The question is, won't you give your life to him today? Is he calling you? And would you follow him today? Let's pray together. Father, there are a lot of motives and 
intentions and a lot of things that go about whenever we gather together as your people. Father, help us to focus on the important things. Worship, service, spending time with you, living the life you want us to live, and realizing, Father, that you gave your life for us, that Jesus gave his life for us, and we should give our life to you. Father, speak to us today. If there's someone here today who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray that I make that decision, the decision to follow Christ. He forgives all of us if we just simply ask him to. He'll forgive and give us eternal life. Perhaps there's someone here today, Father, who's not living the life that, that pleases you. That maybe they're not pleased with it themselves. I pray God just speak to that person, those persons. Let them know, Father, that you forgive and that you'll assist them and help them as they try to live the life you'd have them to live. Perhaps there's someone here today looking for a church home. Father, our, our goal is not to have the high numbers. Our goal is to have dedicated people of God. And I pray, Father, that you'll help us to be a place where people can come and worship you and that they'll feel welcomed and a part of the family. Father, I just pray that you'll speak to us today. Whatever response we need to make, I pray, God, you'll make it known to us. And I pray, Father, we'll follow you. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen.
Palm Sunday, we mark the beginning of Holy Week and the beginning of our journey as your people to the cross. And God, so many times we take this week for granted and we don't fully understand the weight of your love for us. God, as we look towards Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and to the glory of Easter morning, God, will you please help us to grasp the weight of your love and your sacrifice for us through your son, Jesus. 